Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitaki, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 78. We're uh, almost through the first quarter of this year. It's crazy to think about it, but um, man, the, the year's already blowing by and there's so much exciting stuff going on. And I'm hoping that the topics that we're bringing to you guys are things that are relevant to you. Uh, obviously, we're in a, a wide range of topics right now that are that are things that I believe that are relevant to, for us as leaders. We talked last week about being a leader in your home and the importance of being that leader in your home and the the, the role that protection plays in leadership in that role. And so I am excited to bring today's guest to you today um, because today's guest we're going to speak we're going to drill down specifically on leadership uh, because I would venture to say that uh, Jared is an expert when it comes to leadership or striving to be an expert on on leadership. Jared is the uh, he's a speaker he's an entrepreneur and a leader maker. Uh, he is the director of development for Paradigm Shift and he is the co-founder of Live Your List. And if those uh, companies sound familiar, we actually had Ryan Eller on podcast forty one a while back, and he spoke a little bit about the, his involvement in those organizations. So uh, Jared is Ryan's business partner, I think is the best way to term it, or, confid- or co-founder, all those wonderful things. But uh, I, I'm really excited to bring Jared on because we're going to actually see kind of both sides of that organization. And they have a lot of exciting stuff going on. So Jared, say hello to the audience, introduce yourself, and uh, kind of fill in some of those gaps because I know that there's a lot more to you that I just didn't cover. Absolutely. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good night uh, to everyone out there listening. Yes, you hit the nail on the head. Ryan and I are counterparts in um, lots of ways. He and I co-founded Paradigm Shift and Live Your List back in 2010. Uh, We were uh, good friends in college, and our paths went separate ways. And then through mutual um, interest, we we recollided again, started a business, and here we are. So uh, life is really good. You you hit the nail on the head, man. <laughs> well, I think that's awesome. First of all, that you find somebody that you're friends with and you can do business with uh, with them. I think that's probably the ideal situation for somebody that you're just like, man, we get each other, we complement each other, we're going the same direction. I think that's what a lot of times when people uh, enjoy the work they do, it's because they're doing it with friends, they're doing it with people that they enjoy doing life with. Uh, and I would guess, uh, I would venture to say, just based on some of the stuff that I've seen, you guys actually probably hang out outside of work too. We do, yeah. As a matter of fact, and, and we decided a long time ago that we did not want, we didn't want our business to interfere with our friendship. Uh, that that was a priority. And I know that that may sound, uh, they may sound somewhat ideological and impossible because you hear. A lot of horror stories of people that that go into business together, um, you know, and then end up hating each other, or money comes between them, and and, and chasing these different things. But I think I, I think that all of those, as we talk about leadership, all those are rooted in fundamental mistakes that are 
and not not sown early on in the business agreement or in those relationships. And I think that's that's really what leadership is about is knowing what are your priorities, what do I want to do, and what are the paths in which I can get there. And so for us, that's truly it's our, our friendship is a priority, our relationship with our team is a priority, and we choose people over business. That's awesome. I I'm excited to see uh, the paradigm shift and the things that you're doing grow because I've been able to participate in some level of it and some of the events that you've done. And uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to have you on today. One of the things that we talked about in your little uh, bio was that you're a leader maker. And I think that's a very intentional word. And I think for some people, they may kind of listen to that and say, well, our, I, I thought I was supposed to be born a leader. So how how am I? How do I become uh, made into a leader? And so I want to uh, kind of give you an opportunity to talk a little bit more about what it means to make leaders and how to actually uh, strengthen and develop people in their leadership skills. Well, it's a it's a great question and one that deserves answering. Um, you know, my first thought when I hear that term. And, and I'm glad that we've chosen to use that term intentionally, leader mm-hmm. maker. Um, my first reaction is, gosh, that sounds arrogant. Like that sounds, you know, like, okay, I'm here to make leaders. Who, who are you? Who is this guy? And so at first I, wanna, I want to give the, uh, the disclaimer here that I haven't got it all figured out, but that's what I'm striving for. I'm, tri- I'm striving to make leaders. I'm striving to make leaders uh, of my children. You know, I have two, two daughters uh, and another child on the way. Um, and thank you very much. Super excited about that. And w- so in my family, do I want them to be leaders? Yes, 100%. Absolutely. Um, and so when I, when I use that example, I, I hope that it helps people wrap their minds around what we mean by leader maker. It's intentionally, what are you trying to put into people's lives, including your own? Uh, I'm trying to make myself a better leader. No leader is born. I mean, well, John Maxwell famously said, I've never met a leader who wasn't born. So everyone is <laughs> born, but we are made. We are shaped by our environments. We are shaped by the people that are in our lives. And so for us, as a young, as a young man, as a young husband, as a father, as a business leader, everywhere I go, I want to intentionally make people better. I want to make mm-hmm. their situations better and create in them the idea that they can go further. You know, leadership it's not about a position. It's not about a title. It is not about something bestowed upon you. Leadership is about what you are doing with your life. And you can choose. This is where it's not, it doesn't have to be grandiose. I think this is one of the biggest lies that I was fed as a young person growing up is that the idea that if I'm going to change the world, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be, you know, a difference maker, then we're fed these very large visions which is not necessarily wrong. That's that's good. But this very large vision, the idea that I have to be a history changer on a Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., you know, Gandhi, Mother Teresa scale, is just not true. That's if if that's the only definition of what leadership is or quote unquote true leadership, then all of us are going to miss the mark. There are very few. Those are those are generational leaders, and those those obviously exist. But the truth is, who are you influencing? Is that your home? If I'm a if I if if you're listening to this, and you're a young father, and you have children in your home, you're a leader, sir. And 
that leadership is influence and what we're doing with that influence and how we're shaping the people that are in our spheres of influence. So then inherently, some of us, if you're a business owner, you're a leader. You on this podcast, Evan, you are leading through this podcast. You're working to shape this world, to influence in the directions based on your core values that you deem worthy. That's what leadership is. And that's why I say, so everywhere we go, yes, you are making leaders. And, and furthermore, everyone is a leader. Everyone is a leader, Evan. I believe that with all my heart. Everyone's a leader. <laughs> well, thank you for clearing that up. Uh, and I think that's going to set the foundation for some of the things that we talk about. Um, when you talk about some of those leaders that you named, uh, like Martin Luther King, or you talk mm -hmm. about Mother Teresa, some of those, like especially <clears throat> Mother Teresa, I don't, I don't immediately think of her as like a bold and dynamic leader. I would say she's more like mm -hmm. a, a passive uh, type of leader or, or she was, she was very focused on the th her certain things. And I believe that her actions actually led for her. And so I love how you said influencing because uh, you're doing things and you're leading, I would say leading by example would be some of uh, the, the part of leadership that I think some people missed. They, they think that the position or the role or the title is what gives them that authority to lead. And I think that the opposite of in, in terms of the best kinds, kinds of leaders out there are the ones that lead by influence. And those are the ones that can go out there and say, follow me, or they can say, um, I'm, I'm willing to do, or I'm willing to ask you to do this because I've already done it. And here's what, I, here's what happened when I did it. Uh, the, the, the other side to that is leading by fear, right? So you're basically putting someone in a position where you're in that power role and you're saying, do this because otherwise I'll fire you or I'll punish you somehow. And you can lead that way too, right? You can you can lead uh, by influence and, and by building that trust with somebody, but you can also lead with that fear. So I'm hoping that you're training up leaders by influence and not by fear. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and, and that's why I, I say I say that everyone is a leader because of everything you just stated. When I make that statement, some people bristle because they go, well, no, they're not. Some people aren't, you know, they're not living up to their potential. They're not, they're not influencing people. I disagree, and here's why. You used adjectives to describe different types of leaders. And the fact that we use adjectives in front of the word leader shows me that everyone is a leader to some extent. Mm -hmm. You can be a passive leader, like you described Mother Teresa in eloquent ways. She was not the most dynamic personality, but she was a great leader because of her example. So then if we say someone is a bad leader, what does that mean? Like, I don't know, is that, that's somewhat oxymoronical to say, well, they're a bad leader. Well, yeah. they're leading somewhere. So then leadership is not necessarily then bound by good or bad. Because someone could say, well, you've got these people in history, like let's think of the Hitlers of the world. Well, they were an evil leader. Well, okay. Well, their intention or the way that they use their influence, I disagree with because of my morals and my values, but nonetheless, their leadership was effective. So that's why I say, right. you're going to change the world whether you try or not. You might as well try because <laughs> your, your example is going to influence someone. It could be your neighbor. It could be someone down the street. It could be your children. It could be that you are influencing this world. And it is up to us to decide how I want to use that. And um, you're right. Albert Schweitzer famously said, example is not the main thing in leadership. It's the only thing. Yeah. And so we've got to have the, those examples as leaders. Well, I love this topic because I feel like, especially 
um, kind of leading into the things that you do with students and, and teaching students to be leaders is I think when I think back to my very first impression of what it meant to be a student leader, it was like, well, I want to be class president or I want to be like um, homecoming king or I wanted to be the captain of my team. And I felt like those were just essentially like I was the representative for the group. But I always associated it with some sort of power. And I think that that was almost like a misrepresentation of what that role was, because I think if I go straight to power, then my next thing is to how I can make people do stuff. And I think that that's where my biggest challenges came in. It took me a long time to figure out that I can be in charge. I can, I can be a manager. I can be a captain and I can have people hate me because I'm just like a jerk. And it's not because I'm trying. I'm, I'm, and probably then I might've been trying a little bit just cause I didn't know any better, but looking back at it, I'm like, man, I totally wasted that opportunity to really pull out the best potential in myself and pull out the be- best potential of others. But sometimes you just need that time uh, to get past it and, 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 and look back and find, find out like, okay, what can I learn from this? Cause I obviously screwed up cause I had people that, you know, either left or, or I obviously didn't get some of those roles that I wanted because I wasn't the kind of leader that people wanted to follow. So uh, can you talk a little bit about what you're doing to kind of change that narrative with students and develop leaders at, at a very young age? Definitely. You know, um, with this mantra that, that leadership is influence and trying to instill this in students, you're, you're right. When I, when I was growing up, when I was in high school, I had this false idea of leadership. Um, you know, thankfully, I was, I was raised by great parents. And one of my mom's all-time favorite sayings, she, would just, she just embedded in me that be a leader, not a follower. That was her phrase. Be a leader, Jared, not a follower. And, and, and anytime a situation would come up, like if we saw you know, something, you know, something was going down at school, the the wrong crowd, this and that. She said, Jared, you have to be a leader, not a follower, you know, and by that she embedded making your own choices, standing on your beliefs, doing those sorts of things. So I had that bedrock, but then I was really enamored with the idea of position. Like I was really good at getting elected. I mm-hmm. loved it. I really enjoyed campaigning, getting elected and, and those sorts of things. And whenever I was in high school, like I can remember um, I remember getting elected um, to like, you know, student council president and then going, okay, great job, mission accomplished, like check, that one's finished. Like my goal was just to be that position. And then it was, you know, there wasn't much afterward on, well, what do you want to do with that position? And so that's why when we're working with students, we really talk to them about what their values are. And then regardless of position, regardless of status, what are you doing to impact this world based on those values? And that's really what leadership is. If no one ever hears about this, if no one ever knows what you're doing, because we live in a, in a, in a, a celebrity-centric culture, so it's mm-hmm. very easy for us, even, even with good causes, think about this, like even now with a good cause, we judge the, we often, not always, but we often judge the quality of our campaigns or our causes by how many followers we're getting, how many likes we're getting, how many views we're getting. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, if we're doing a river cleanup, it's not necessarily that the river got cleaned. It's, well, how many people watched our YouTube video about the river cleanup? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, and especially working with a younger generation who is incredibly technologically savvy and they are, you know, you know, the relevance is often defined then by our social media presence, drilling down and teaching them, why are you doing this? And if your answer is based on something that is incongruent with your values, then you're probably off. 
But the, the, the hope that I see, the encouragement that I see is young people are, are much further ahead than, than you or I. Mm-hmm. When, and, and, and I think many of our older generation, because they, they are starting to get it, like especially Generation Z. You know, um, I work with, with uh, corporations of all shapes and sizes on cross-generational leadership. I'm the oldest of the millennials. Um, you know, by most, by where most people draw the lines, I was born in 1981. So I'm the oldest of the millennials. Um, and now we're seeing generation Z entering into the workforce. They're just now graduating college, entering in the workforce. So with even generation Z differing from millennials, they are much more aware of what's going on in the world about them. And I'm starting to see in young people, this turn of a celebrity centric world to being more cause oriented and realizing these social media tools that we have and the technology that we have are a means to an end, not the end themselves. So it isn't about how many clicks I get. It's where are these clicks going and what are they being used for? And I'm seeing that over and over and over um, to where young people really are engaged in causes. And I think that's the heart of leadership. It's, it's what is your, what is your why? You know, what, what are the values that you have and, and what are you doing to influence this world accordingly? And over and over again, I, we're seeing young people adopt those and do really incredible things. I, I love how you, you talked about being the oldest millennial because that's definitely one of the things I talked about. That's really one of the reasons that I started this podcast was I, I basically said, if I'm going to be lopped in this group, because I thought I was like Gen X. Uh, and then I apparently found out that I was in the wrong group and I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to be a millennial, then I'm going to define what a millennial is. I'm the oldest guy, right? So I'm an, a millennial elder. Awesome. So I get to set the, set the tone. So I'm, I'm, I'm 100% on the same wave with wavelength with you on that. But I think we need to go back a step because, so we're talking about leadership and we're talking okay. about, uh, influence and all those other things, but you're, you're hinting at a, a, a step that happens really before you become a leader. And that is knowing your true self, knowing those values that you talked about. And so uh, I was originally thinking about like, you know, these personality tests that you take or your strength builders or, or all those different things. And I think one of the things that was my biggest mistake when I was growing up was I didn't know who I was. I was always kind of uh, fluctuating with what was popular. And what I found out was as I got older was I didn't have a favorite baseball team. I didn't have a favorite football team. I didn't have a favorite, uh, like if somebody said, you know, if you could have dinner with anybody or lunch with anybody, who would it be? I, I couldn't think of anybody because I was always kind of just like whoever was popular, that's that's who I liked. Uh, and so I never did that self-reflection. And then when I actually drilled down and did that self-reflection, I'm like, what is valuable to me? I believe that's where you can really identify what your true gifts are, what your true purpose is, what you were created for and created to be, because then you can build on top of that. Um, we talk about in this podcast, really dialing into your purpose and identifying what that is based on the things that bring you life. So for example, um, we've talked to, I've talked to some people, actually, I think uh, Amber Day, is she connected with you guys in some way? So Amber talked about being a multi-potentialite and she talked about how she was good at multiple things. She was good at math. And so people said, oh, well, you're good at math. You're analytical. You should be an accountant. And so she says, oh, you're right. I, sh- I, I guess I am good at that. I should do that. And the next thing you know, a, a degree later, and she's in the job field being an accountant, and she's having to spend all this money and do all this stuff just to be happy. And what she found was she was good at that, but it wasn't what brought her life and what she was passionate about. She also realized that she was good at being a creative and, and doing content creation and those kinds of things. And she made less money doing that, 
but it didn't matter because she enjoyed it so much. Her true happiness came from the thing that she was passionate about. And she, and that clue that, that dialed her into that was she wasn't exhausted at the end of the day. She looked forward to going to doing those things. And I'm, I'm working on those things myself of, and, and, and this podcast is one of those things. I look forward to this podcast because I have the opportunity to have conversations and create content and get my brain thinking. And I'm just like, man, these are the things that I wish when I was so much younger, I tuned into because if I did, uh, my foundation would have been that much stronger. Absolutely. You know, at Paradigm Shift, and Amber is one of our consultants and trainers, and she's fantastic. Um, and we have, so we have people like Amber on our team that have been through this. And so when we're working with young people, we have two arms, our corporate training arm and our educational arm. And we work with organizations of all sizes, as I alluded to on our corporate side, but our educational side, you know, we are working with students from all sorts of backgrounds. Many of our students, we work with large government grants. We work with independent school districts, largely on stu- largely with students who are low-income and first-generation students, meaning they have no history of post-secondary education. So if they're graduating high school, then that's it. Like That's the highest bar uh, within their family. So for generations, if they just get through high school, that's it, and bingo, and that's great. So we're trying to help these students see beyond that. And in doing so, we're not there to tell them who they are or what they should be. That's not our job. Our job is to use tools to help them discover this is what I'm passionate about or this is, the, this is what could be. And the truth is those things can change over time. Like what interests us now can change tomorrow. So that's really where with students we are trying to teach them this bedrock of, and I know that I've repeated this word values, but it's values-based leadership. It's not, and that's what I think we're craving for, Evan, quite honestly. I mean, that's what I'm craving for as a citizen. I want our leaders to step up and stand for something. Even if I disagree with you, be consistent mm-hmm. and and act act like someone who is who is worthy of following and worthy of listening to. That's what, that's what integrity is. You see, I've been challenged um, and I've always used the word integrity. I mean, the last 20 years as a student of leadership and as, as a a Christian and someone, you know, I want to be a man of integrity. We should be people of integrity. And I've been challenged the last few years as I ask people, tell me what integrity is. I get, I get two answers frequently, most consistently. Number one, people say it's like honesty. Okay. And the second answer I get is doing the right thing, even when no one is looking which is a somewhat traditional answer and one that I ascribe to for many years. But I think those are incomplete because number one, if it was just honesty, we, would, we wouldn't need another word. Like we don't say honest. We know something connotatively is different about integrity. And number two, if I say it's doing the right thing when no one else is looking, well, then that leaves a, an entire open door for moral relativism. Who's to say what is right? Mm-hmm. And the only way, so if I'm saying that is a person of integrity, there's no way I can know that because I don't know what their right or wrong is according to them. And then if they're doing it, so let me ask you this question. We're both in our offices. And if I look around this room right now, I feel confident that it's not going to fall down on my head. I'm sitting in it and I feel totally safe. I feel that it is structurally sound. I feel like that it has structural integrity. Now, this building is not honest. And this building doesn't, it does the same thing whether people are looking or not looking. There is no moral relativism to this building. 
So, but we use the word integrity. So that tells me integrity then is about alignment. And that's what we try to teach students about leadership. Leadership is about alignment. First, my heart, my belief system, my values must line up with what I'm thinking, thinking, my mind, the choices that I'm making, and then finally, my actions. So are my heart, my head, and my hands all aligned? If they are aligned, I believe that you're a person of integrity. And that's what we're looking for. That's what we need. And we need people. That, so then uh, my value system should be reflected by the things I say and the things that I do. And that's what, that's what we try to teach students then when it comes to leadership. And if you're doing those things, if you are in alignment, chances are happiness will follow because you're going to sleep well at night. You're going to be pursuing your purpose, as you said. I'm not going to be out of alignment because so often we're doing something like Amber and her example. I'm doing these things because someone else told me that should be my value. Someone else told me that should be my belief system. Even though I'm good at it, it doesn't really matter. So I think integrity is huge. And as we look across this landscape of leadership, that's why we don't know what to believe. If, if a politician, and this is not a political show, <laughs> but if a politician says something, most of the time we go, I, I, okay, is that true or is that not true? Is this, mm -hmm. okay, is this, uh, are you spinning this? Because we're just missing this ingredient of integrity. Well, this is what I love about the podcast is there was a lot of meat there and uh, you guys can hit that back button because if you're like me, you're listening to this thing at, at a one and a half speed, just blazing through it. And you need to go back and listen to that because uh, Jerry just dropped some knowledge and that was absolutely fantastic. Talking about integrity and alignment and the importance of having those two things together. Uh, you got me. I was one of those guys that said uh, one of the, that, that it's it's something that you do and no one's looking. But you're right. It, it's it's much deeper than that, and that's that's what I'm really encouraged about in terms of the the people that are trying to build their leadership skills is they're looking for these uh, things that are deeper than just the surface level um, parts of leadership. I think the surface level parts of leadership are going to give you some abilities to lead. But when you're talking about integrity and when you're talking about inspiring people and you're talking about motivating people, it has to go deeper than that. And that's where some of that foundation goes, not just two inches deep into the ground. It's these long piers that are just, just driven into the ground to give you that bedrock to build on top of. And man, that is that's the kind of stuff that I wish I knew when I was younger. So I'm really encouraged by what you guys are doing in terms of uh, training leaders that are that are students and helping the, and to inspire them uh, to start that foundation that much uh, earlier. Because I think one of the things we talked about in the past is when you're young, you have so much time. You you literally have unlimited amounts of time, and so you don't put a priority on anything because you're like, it doesn't matter. Like I, I can, I have so much free time that I can play video games and I can read books and I can just cruise around in my car for no reason at all and just hang out with people. But what happens is as you get older, uh, you still have time, but you have less of it because you become responsible and you have all these other things pulling you in all these different directions. And that's where that intentionality is important because you still have the same amount of time as you did when you were a kid. Mm -hmm but you have less of your free time to develop yourself. I would love for you to talk a little bit about some of the success stories that you're seeing from these leadership uh, seminars that you're putting on through the, the 20 leadership camp. What are some things that you're seeing as a result of that, especially when we're talking about first generation kids mm -hmm. in education, 
Um, that's what I'm really excited about because that need is so great. And it, and it feels like when I'm learning about my community and I'm learning about generational poverty and I'm, I'm learning about first generation kids going to college and how big that is, I can't comprehend that because that's not my life. But uh, as I hear about it more and more and seeing some of the challenges that these guys are trying to overcome and now they have some tools through the, the leadership things that you're doing, what are you seeing in the community as a result of that? You know, the, the, the success stories that we see, it's amazing to me. I, I was like you, Evan. Before I started doing this work seven years ago, see, we work with a couple of grants. Um, one is called Trio and one is called Gear Up. Um, they're two large grants that most of us don't, most of us, by me, I mean, most of us being average American citizen. I'm going to assume most of the people listening to your podcast have no idea what those two things are. I had a Trio um, is what, what I had before I had my BlackBerry. There you go. <laughs> That's, exactly it. That's right. Um, it is a, so Trio has seven grants underneath it. And some people may have heard of some of the, the, uh, the specific grants like Upward Bounds or Educational Talent Search and, and things like this. Um, but once I've gotten into this work, often people ask, you know, they assume that we're working with at-risk kids. Um, and that's a misconception. Most of the students that we're working with are not necessarily considered at risk, meaning they're not involved in, you know, high drug usage or gang uh, related activities or violence. Um, they're not being expelled or suspended from schools. They're honestly kind of an average run of the mill student who is just lacking information and opportunity. I know. So think of it this way. If you are and maybe some people listening have, have gone through this struggle themselves so they understand it. But the we work with students and we work with parents. And if I have no one in my family who has attended any post-secondary institution whatsoever, little things like taking the ACT um, is just something that we hear about that we know we probably should, but we won't really know why. Um, mm -hmm. My guidance counselor may be telling me, but, but he or she is probably overworked and has a ton of students that they're just trying to, to really keep up with everybody. Then you have things like scholarship deadlines, grant deadlines, federal aid deadlines, all these things that people just don't know. And so from a lack of knowledge, they just don't understand it. So here are some, some success stories that we've seen on an educational level. Um, I, I know of one student who had a troubled history, parents, very troubled, um, ended up being bounced around home to home, very inconsistent lifestyle, you know, didn't really know where he's going to lay his head down at night and um, made it through, made it through high school somehow was in a trio program though, that helped him basically had someone in his corner who was checking in on him, helping him fill out applications. What do you want to do with your life? Believing in him, you know, encouraging him, um, listening to his story, letting him share his frustrations, just being a, just being a leader to this, to this student. He showed up, he went to, um, he went to Northeastern State. He showed up uh, at college, basically with everything he owned in a plastic bag, Walmart sack. That's what he's got. And no support system. You know what I'm saying? Other than, other than this grant, other than Trio, the, the, the work that we're doing. And now he goes to, so he, he, he makes it, he gets into college, is involved in these programs and succeeds. He's now a, he graduated, he's now a teacher and a coach and, uh, and doing very well, starting from nothing. Now, that's one of a million stories like that that I could tell. On social acti activism and social justice campaigns, 
I've known kids who, who found their passion, found something that may not be their lifelong purpose, but through leadership, like I said, to counter it with me, who my idea of leadership when I was in high school was I, I'm holding an office. So whereas these students are actually doing something, I know students who started entire recycling campaigns um, on their high school campuses and then collegiate campuses to where it's taken it from nothing to complete overhaul of the system. I know a student who, um, who had a family member who was um, disabled and who had, uh, who had a disability. And once they got involved, saw that there is limited access here. So they got active. They started, they started showing people. They started talking about it. They started um, going to leaders on their campus, uh, going to administration and saying, do you recognize this? What's being done? And got the campus to change because, wow. because they spoke up. And to me, that's what leadership is. It's knowing, hey, this is valuable. And there's someone who is underserved. And there's someone who, who needs better access here for their education. And they spoke up. And that's largely what it is, speaking up. You see, you know, um, you know, I think I think I'm going to misquote it here. We talked about Mother Teresa earlier. She, I think, she said there there is no you know great acts. There are only small acts with great love, mm-hmm. and those small acts. And that's really what we're trying to teach everyone. You know, um, I went to um, I went to the National Holocaust Museum about a year ago. And have you ever been there, Evan? By the way, National Holocaust Museum in DC. Oh no, I haven't been to one in DC. I've actually been to. Uh, Austria to an actual concentration Holy camp. Holy cow. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you've been to, okay. So uh, I've never been to a concentration camp, but I've been to the the National Holocaust Museum. It's a great, if, if you go to DC and you go to, you could only got time for one museum, go to that one. Wow. Uh, it's, it's so powerful. Be prepared though, man. It's not, don't, don't go in looking for a fun afternoon. Uh, that's for <laughs> sure. It's heavy. It is heavy, heavy. There's this one, there's this one section that struck me the most. And I took a picture of it. Of all the things that are striking, because they have, um, I'm sure you saw similar things. They have one of the railroad cars that, mm-hmm. that people were packed in. They have video of the just atrocities. Um, there's this one sign toward the end of it that says people in the middle. And it goes through some of the inactivity of nations, leaders, average people like you and me who are just in the middle. Yeah. They weren't they weren't the victims and they were not the offenders. They're just in the middle and they didn't do anything. I find myself I don't want to go through life in the middle. I, at the end of this life, I don't want to go, you know what? I didn't really hurt anybody. I didn't really save anybody or help anybody. I just was in the middle. But whatever your passion is, whatever your purpose is, whether it's education or the environment, or political, or gun rights, or gun violence, wherever you stand, I don't want to be in the middle. I want to be a leader in that respect to where I lead by example, and I show this is my value system. This is what I believe to be true, and I'm going to to do it in whatever respect I feel like makes this world a better place. Don't be somebody... In the middle. I love that. I think about when some of the things that we're talking about with leadership and and all these examples that we're using, uh, there's a common thread that kind of weaves itself in between all of this. And it's just that notion of helping others. It's that it's not necessarily being the person that accomplishes something for the sake of accomplishing it. 
it's more of the impact of other people's lives and and how that happens. And so, like you said, with those people in the middle, they didn't do anything. They didn't help. They didn't help. They didn't help yeah. people. They, yeah. they, they stood by and let those things happen. Um, and you talk about people who are, are creating recycling or you talk about people who are uh, making something that's more uh, ADA compliant. Mm -hmm. That's going to benefit them, but it's going to benefit more than just them. It's going to benefit other people. And, and so leadership, if we were to really kind of hone it down, I mean, based on this conversation today, I would say a large percentage of leadership is about helping other people. I, I totally agree. Otherwise, I mean, who are you leading? If leadership is about yourself, that's that's not what leadership is, and 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 that's where I'm gonna I'm, I can't remember who said the quote, but you know, there's a great there's a great quote that says, you know, I want to plant trees under whose shade I will never sit. Yeah, and that's what that's what you're alluding to there. It's like I I may not benefit from this, but I see the need, mm -hmm. and I think. And that's where I say, man, it starts with your values. It's I just go back to I know I'm like a broken record, but if you live a life that lines up with your value system, then you're living life well. It's not yeah. my job to tell you what your values should be. I know what mine are. I mean, as a believer in Christ, as as someone, that's my foundation. That's my center. Um, but it's not my job to tell you that. It's not my job to choose that for you. It's it, so. But all of us, we need. You need to decide. And that's where I see. That's where I see the people that are are lost. Is you have no center of gravity. You you don't know that center value system upon which you're going to base your actions, and so you just oscillate. And when you oscillate, you just end up in the middle. It's like you were saying, you know, you just well, I don't know what my popular, you know, as a high school student, it's like, well, I don't know my popular, you know, my favorite band or my favorite. I just kind of oscillate. Well, sadly, Evan, there are so many people that that it's it's kind of okay when you're 18, you get a pass. You know, what I'm saying <laughs> like get a pass. But when you're 25, 30, 35, 40, 50 years old. And you look at someone, you say, what are you doing with your life? And, and, and it, they don't know that value system and they don't have that answer succinctly, then their actions then therefore do not line up with it. And because of that, their leadership is less effective than it could be. And so you're right. It is about helping people. It's about doing something with this life that is going to resonate. You know, in Live Your List, um, we have these seven levels that, that we say these are seven levels on how to live an intentional lifestyle. And it starts, level one is take personal responsibility. You can't blame others. You cannot blame, you know, you cannot have a victim mentality. Victims blame, shame, deny, and quit. That's what victims do. They blame other people. They shame other people. They deny their own responsibility, and they end up quitting on themselves and others. You can't do that. You have to take personal responsibility and say, this I am today, that I will be tomorrow. All seven, which is what we're talking about, level seven is multiply. And multiply is about legacy. And each level that you go up, up would live your list. It starts out with taking personal responsibility, you know, and practical insights on managing your time and knowing who you are. But it really ends, and the culmination of all of this should be what are we doing for people beyond myself? And that's multiply. That's the legacy that we're talking about. Well, I believe that's what a true leader does is a, a leader puts other people in position to be successful. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about with multiplying. I love how you brought up uh, Live Your List too, because that is one thing I do want to talk about uh, quickly here before we, we close this thing out. Um, talk a little bit about what Live Your List is, if you don't mind, because I, I follow along a little bit with um, 
with Facebook and some of the stuff that you guys are doing out there. And I'm, I'm, my mind is blown pretty much every time I see you guys out doing some crazy stuff uh, in different countries, traveling, and then really just uh, you're checking stuff off, right? Of, of yep, things that's right. That you're trying to accomplish. So talk about that a little bit. So you said quickly, so I'm going to try to be fast, but yeah. you, you hit, <laughs> hit my passion bucket here. So live your list is for, it's just a, it's an ideology. It's a mantra. It's, it's the live your list lifestyle, which basically means I'm going to be intentional with my life, not just let it happen. So I've, I've talked about those seven levels, but it really started with it started with a bucket list, which mm. is actually level two. Level one is take personal responsibility. Level two is create your list. Know what it is that you want to do with your life. And we say a bucket list. Everybody has an opinion on a bucket list. If we say um, you know, tell me, do you have a bucket list? Most people say yes. If I say, is it written down? Can you show it to me? A lot of people, their hand goes down and they say no. And I say, you do not have a bucket list, my friend. You have bucket thoughts. Yeah. And many people just have bucket thoughts. But being intentional, writing this down, saying this is what I want to do. So it has grown now from that first simple, it started with just my, my business partner, Ryan, on an airplane, creating a bucket list. Then as he and I teamed up, it formed into live your list and then it formed into these seven levels. And now he has a book that's actually coming out this spring of 2018. Super excited about the book. It goes through the seven levels. It documents his journey from kind of wandering a little bit aimlessly, a little bit like you were saying, man, not really knowing even through high school and college, you know, good kid, good grades, pretty successful, got a scholarship, lost the scholarship because he was just wandering and then deciding, wait, no, 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 no. What do I want to do with this life? So now we were able, uh, we take, we take uh, professionals on trips around the world. We just got back from Zambia in fall of 2017. We're going to India in May. And uh, these trips are live your list expeditions that they're about leadership. It's about personal leadership and reflection. They're one part, we do a charitable outreach. Uh, at, at, we team up with a local nonprofit. Um, we've teamed up with schools. We team up to give back, and then it's professional training. We do what we do with Paradigm Shift, and people get to go along with us. So, man, live your list. It's it is it's growing, and uh, and we're super excited about everything that we've got going on. So, Evan, you should go with us, and all your listeners should go with us. You guys should sign up and go on a trip. It's really good stuff. Uh, well, I, I do want to give you an opportunity to talk about how people can connect with you, but I'm just uh, I'm writing some stuff down here. I, I hope you don't mind that I, I take notes. But so so let me understand this. Let me see if I get this right. Okay. You get to work with your best friend. <laughs> yes. You get to travel and go to awesome places. Yes. You get to help other people. Yes. <laughs> uh, you love your life and you enjoy what you're doing. Yes. <laughs> I think you just. I think this is like a dream job right here. I, 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 are I are you living the dream right now? I'm, I am living the dream. It is. I mean, I, God has been very good to me, and uh, I I tell people all the time I am a turtle on a fence post. I know that I am not here by myself. It is not because of my good looks or talent that I am here. Although both aren't bad, Evan. Let's be honest. You know, it's not terrible. <laughs> but I know yeah. that, man, I have been very I struggle fortunate. with that good looks thing, too. <laughs> I have been very fortunate. You know, I, I, I mentioned my mom and dad earlier. I, I had a very firm foundation. I have a wonderful wife. I have great people in my life around me. Um, and so I'm very, very fortunate. I do live a dream life, and it is wonderful. And I'm, I'm extremely aware of that good fortune. And then there are moments within that, that I know then it is my responsibility. You know, um, the Bible tells us to whom much is given, much is expected. And I know that I've been given much. And so hopefully I can give back uh, just as much or more. So my job is like you were saying, 
you know, help other people. My job is to go find turtles and put them on fence posts. And that's part of what Live Your List is about. We've done the Live Your List project, um, which is where we've tried to ask people what's something on their bucket list, and we've helped them accomplish those things. Um, we had a lady who always wanted to be a barrel racer. She was not the prime age, but we, we set her up with barrel racing lessons. Um, <laughs> there was a young man who, um, there was, a young man who uh, was uh, bounced around in the foster care system, had never been to a professional game, was a senior in high school. We got to take him to a Thunder game. Nice. Uh, instead of yeah, it was really cool, man. It was it was phenomenal to see the to you know to see his face uh, when he was surprised because he didn't even know he was going until he was there. And um, uh, we were able to uh, we were able to send someone um, a few years ago. Um, it was a young lady who had never been out of the country, never been on an airplane. She really wanted to go on a mission trip and uh, never had the opportunity. Um, outstanding young lady. Uh, she was in college and just doing great. She was um, uh, one of these first generation students that I was talking about. So we were able to send her uh, to Ireland with her church. And, um, and so we've been able to do some cool things with the Live Your List Project as it continues to evolve and we get more people involved. It's, um, it's a really phenomenal opportunity we have that we get to be a part of. Well, if I were to summarize our entire conversation just in this short period of time, it would be figure out what your values are, figure out who you are, what you're passionate about, dial into that, and then be intentional with everything that you do so that you can really laser focus into what you're trying to accomplish, which will ultimately help you, but it's going to help other people. And when we're helping other people, we're making the world a better place. But you know what, what, what's really happening indirectly, the byproduct of helping other people is happiness. And that happiness is one of those things that's going to help you just enjoy every bit of that ride. You're not going to be that person in the middle. You're going to be that active participant that stands up and says, hey, I have a voice. I'm going to do something here. Here's my values. Here's why I believe in it. I'm being intentional, saying something about it, and I'm going to help other people because I do it. And as a direct result, you can look back at that list and all those check marks and all those things that you've accomplished and, and, and circle back and say, wow, this was a very uh, intentional life well lived. And I hope that we can inspire other people to do that. And, and if anything from today, let people know that it's possible. It's possible to live the life that you want to have. It's possible to be an intentional leader. And it's possible to achieve a lot of these things that, that sound like pipe dreams. And I know, I think you even said it in the beginning that you were almost being uh, whimsical or, or idealistic on some of this stuff. But mm -hmm. I think hopefully from this conversation, some of the listeners realize that idealistic is can be reality. It can be realistic. And it, and it, it really just comes time down to you. And it, it, it sounds like one of those things where it's like, Oh, it's the secret, right? Like I just got to think good thoughts and it's going to happen. It's way more than that. Yeah. But it is one of those things that, that, that can happen. Um, so if you don't mind, tell people how they can connect with you. How can they, they connect with live your list and with paradigm shift? How can they engage more with some of the awesome things that you guys are doing? 100%. The best way to reach us is through our main website, which is very long. So get ready if you're listening, driving down the road. It's very long, but easy to remember. Paradigmshiftleadership.com. So paradigmshiftleadership.com is where you can find all of those funnels, whether you just want to talk to me directly on Facebook or Twitter. Um, reach out to Ryan, all the cool stuff he's doing with Live Your List. You can find the Live Your List stuff there. Um, uh, you know, Facebook and uh, Twitter is where we communicate most often with the people that are part. We have a really cool Live Your List Facebook closed group 
um, that we would invite you to jump in and be a part of. And yes, whether you are interested in coaching or whether you work with an organization like, man, I want this. I want these people to come out and work with my people. We'd love to do that, uh, whether it's a school or a professional group. Uh, or if you're just saying, man, I want to hear more about those trips. I want to go on one of those really cool leadership expeditions. How do I do that? We've got them coming up um, either once or twice a year. And we got lots of things going on. So jump in. The more, the merrier. <laughs> Awesome. Well, one of the things I like to do is always give my guests the last word. So uh, it's a chance for you to speak directly to the audience and you've already said a lot. So uh, I, I really want to uh, just give you the floor and, and speak directly to the young business leaders out there, the people who are trying to develop themselves as a leader, trying to develop themselves in the roles that they're in and realizing that there's much more to it than than just uh, wealth and and status. It's, it's Success is so much deeper than that. So what would you say your final word is to the audience? Where are you and where do you want to go? I hope that there has been something in this conversation that has inspired you to think more deliberately about your life now and what you like, what you want your life to be in the future. I want to encourage you and not discourage you. So often, whenever I listen to podcasts or I see something or I, I just get frustrated with myself and then I haven't been doing something correctly or the way that I want to, I'll encourage you with my favorite quote. And it's anonymous. We don't know who said it. But they said, the best time to plant an orchard is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. So whatever it is you want to be doing with your life, you're not too late. Just get started. Awesome. Thank you, Jared. Listeners, remember, choose to connect, seek development, and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.